6 a.m. and 8 p.m. for a chance to win. Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, I just kept saying over and over for the last few weeks, if you just put the ball in Jody Meeks' hands, this game will be so much better. I mean, forget Evan Turner and Drew Holiday. Just get the ball to Meeks and everything will be fine. I'm Spike Eskin. 31 points from Jody Meeks tonight. I'll take it. Boy, the Cavs are bad. When a team is that bad at this point in the season, when, you know, when the games are supposed to matter, it just kind of sucks the life out of the building. Um, at the Wells Fargo Center. I'm glad they won. The Sixers won by so many points because otherwise that building just would have, it would have reminded me. Remember that Nets game that they lost at home would have reminded me about that. Um, we're going to get into Doug Collins a little bit later on and, um, you know, how he's handling this team because there's a lot of comments about that and there's a lot of questioning of Doug Collins. But before we get to that, I just want to point out some things about this Sixers team. And this roster that might make you think a little bit coming off of this game. Um, all of these facts are arguable, but all of them are at least mostly true about your Philadelphia 76ers. On this year's Sixers, the best passer is the center. The best rebounder is the shooting guard. The shooting guard can't shoot. The all-star doesn't score. The top scorer on the entire team comes off the bench and the season high, which is 31 points of all the players on, on the entire team, is from Jody Meeks, who on most teams wouldn't get, what, 10, 12 minutes on a contending team. So when you think about Doug Collins and you think about this year's Sixers, think about the fact that this is a bunch of guys who pieces just don't, don't add up. You know, there are two guys in the backcourt that both need the ball. There's Your best player isn't a scorer. Your, your center isn't a rebounder. Your power forward is just on his last leg. So this is a, a project that Rod Thorne is going to go into this offseason looking at and wondering how they're going to make better. And I can't see any way that there won't be some major change going into next year. So when you look at this season and you look at their performance and you look at what Doug Collins has got out of them. Whether you decide Doug Collins is the right coach for this team or not, realize that you know what was going to get out, what we were going to get out of this this Sixers team isn't much more than we're getting out of this Sixers team. They are probably there are tweaks here and there, you know, different decisions he he could have made, players that could have played a little bit better, but by and large, this was as good as this team was going to get. That said, I am completely confused about how good the Sixers are. I don't know what to think. Every game, I think something different, just like right now. And I've, I've eventually stumbled onto the point where I don't know what they are at all. Maybe you can help me tell me what they are, because I don't know at all. If you had told me before the season started, and I like to do this sometimes, if you had told me before the season started the Sixers would be 28-22, and 22, I would have said that I'm con- I like that. That's a good result after 50 games, 28 and 22, or are they 29? No, they're 28 and 22. That would have been a good record. I'd be all right with that. Um, and it would make sense to me. that I figured that's where they should be. Yet somehow it feels weird being here with this record. And maybe it's a product of the schedule and maybe it's a product of their youth and maybe it's a product of the team. But it feels strange being here. You know, I thought they were that 28 and 22 team and then they went on that run. 
and they were 13 and 3 and they were 20 and 9 and not just 13 and 3 and 20 and 9 but they beat the bulls and they beat the lakers and i thought the sixers might be more than that not a first or second seed not a legit championship team but a legit contender right under that you know kind of where we think the indiana pacers are right now um then they go through everything they went through after in 29. They went through a five-game losing streak. They went from a change in the starting rotation. We don't know how good Spencer Hawes is, and I'm just so confused. We we have a few different kinds of games we can look at for the Sixers this year, and this one definitely fit into one of them. There are games like this where the Sixers absolutely positively demolish a bad team. And there are very few times this year, and I, I can actually only think of one that they lost. You can remind me if I'm wrong, but there are very few times this year where they go into a game against a bad team and they don't win. And they usually demolish them. The Nets game is the only game I can remember that they didn't win. Then there are the games this year where they're completely outclassed, like against the Heat. And they go in there. And they hang in there for a few quarters, and then they just absolutely get outclassed and demolished in the fourth quarter. And then there are the close games against good teams and against really good teams. And those, as we all know, they always lose. And every game from this year, almost every game, fits into one of these categories. Now, it's easy to say we can place them in a certain spot because they beat up on bad teams and they don't really beat good teams. Because they do. They beat up on bad teams and they don't often really beat good teams. But I've never seen a team that is middle of the road like we think they are beat up on bad teams as badly or as consistently as the Sixers beat up on bad teams. It doesn't happen. If this is unprecedented, just like their struggles in close games is unprecedented, them beating bad teams this way, this consistently, is unprecedented. You know, Oklahoma City lost to Washington and Cleveland this year. But for some reason, the Sixers don't have that struggle. They don't have these close games against bad teams, and they don't lose to bad teams. And that that's one of the things that makes me confused. How can a team that is so middle of the road, that is so not great, beat the hell out of teams that are worse than them so consistently? And then what has me confused as well is this Turner thing and this holiday thing, and I don't know what to think anymore. I wish I could come out here and tell you, you know, this is what's going to happen, and here's who they should keep, and here's what they, who they should get rid of. But I don't know what to think about Turner and Holiday anymore. I had given up on them being good together. After, you know, the last stretch of five or ten games, I had given up on them being able to play together. But then I see games like tonight where they don't get in each other's way, and neither of them look like they check out at any point. You know, neither of them look bored. You know, they don't, neither one of them plays absolutely exceptional, but neither one just checks out. And I think when I'm watching them like this, if they could just channel this energy, if they could channel how they're playing right now, if they could just remember this against good teams, then it might be possible to somehow keep those two guys and continue to build around those guys and like a friend told me earlier remember still 21 and 23 years old still very young and still learning new roles and learning how to play with each other and remember turner hasn't played with holiday all that much this year so that that you know it reminds us that it, we still even though we want this success now even though we want an answer we still need patience which takes us to doug collins who i love 
I love Doug Collins. I think Doug Collins is an excellent human being. I think he works as hard, if not harder, than any coach I've ever seen. But I do have to wonder, and I think he's done a great job up until now. But I do have to wonder if Doug is ever going to just let those guys play and let them figure this out. And that's where I've come to with these Sixers and this one issue is whether Doug Collins is going to allow Drew Holiday and Evan Turner to make enough mistakes to be on the court long enough together to to experience the roles that they both need to experience long enough for them to find out how to play with each other, how to be good enough, and to let the organization find out whether they're able to keep both guys. And Doug Collins, you know, his, and we'll talk to a guy later who who will bring this up, his passion and his desire to win on some level is what will hold him back, is what will not allow him to watch Drew Holiday and Evan Turner fail to a certain extent. And, And if he can't sit there and let them do that, if he can't let them struggle, you know, and get to where they're going without benching one of them or yelling at the other one then he might not be the guy then doug collins might not be the guy to lead them forward and and they need to know that answer now if not over the last 20 games of this season then over the first half of next season and i just want him to let them play i want it to be doug doug please let Evan Turner and Drew Holiday play together. I don't even care who handles the ball. I don't even care if it's Turner playing point or Holiday playing point. I don't care. I just want them to, to play together, and I want them to figure it out. Because if he can't do that, if Doug Collins can't do that and allow them to grow, then he won't be here through next year. He might not even be here until next year. And I don't know if that'll be because Doug Collins will throw his hands up in the air and just say, I can't do it anymore, or whether the organization will say, hey, you're riding these guys too hard. You can't do this. You're not letting them play the right way. You're not letting them play together and, and tell him he's got to go. But if he if he is going to stay here, if Doug, Doug Collins is going to continue to be the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, he has to let that happen. So I want to know what you think about Collins and the Sixers. And that brings us to the other main issue of the day, which is Chase Utley. Chase Utley has been the talk of this radio station all day and all week, so much so in the papers and online and on the radio that Ruben Amaro had to come out today or yesterday, whenever, well, yesterday, and say that he didn't lie to us, that he didn't lie about Chase Utley, that he had no reason to lie to us. Now, first of all, I kind of like it when Ruben Amaro lies because I think it's hilarious, so I wish he wouldn't apologize for it. Because then it's going to look even sillier when he lies again, which he will. Um, but when Ruben was talking, he was kind of throwing Utley under the bus and kind of throwing the blame on, on Utley. And what I have to tell you about the whole Utley-Amaro-Knee situation is I don't care if they're honest with us. Uh, I don't think it does them any good to be honest with you or honest with me. It doesn't help them win. It doesn't help them. He- it doesn't help Chase Utley heal. It doesn't help Ruben Amaro strategize. It doesn't help Charlie Manuel coach. And their job is to get wins, is to be the best team on the field and to get wins. So I don't think Chase Utley or Ruben Amaro owe us anything at all. What I do think they owe us, as far as information, what I do think they owe us is communication with each other. 
And if they're not talking to each other, if that's where the problem is, if it's if it's not them communicating, then there's a problem. But they don't need to be dealing with that in the press. They need to be dealing with that behind closed doors. Chase Utley and Ruben Amaro, if there's a problem there, need to get in a room and just hash it out. Whether Chase Utley is a private person or I don't care about any of this. I don't care. I don't care if I know what the name of Chase Utley's knee condition is. I just want to know if he's going to play or not. Um, and I just want to know that the Phillies are in, be- in the best position possible to win the World Series because that's what we all care about, right? Because if at the end of this, at the end of all these lies and all the all this deception and all this knee and chrondomalacia and tendonitis and uh, arthritis, at the end of all of it, there's a parade down Broad Street and a celebration and speeches, then we're not going to care. It doesn't matter. So whatever allows them to best do that, I think they should do. Um, but that has to start with them being uh, honest with each other. And speaking of Chase Utley, um, and I'm going to get into this later, David Segui, former Major Leaguer Mitchell Report member, David Segui was on with Anthony and Glenn earlier this week and said that he thought that HGH would help Chase Utley recover. And I think it's a more interesting situation and a more interesting question than you would guess. HGH is not like testosterone. It's not like anabolic steroids. It's it's different. Um, and it's just this year that HG, that they were testing for HGH. So uh, it's a really interesting topic, and we'll get into that later as well. As well, uh, WrestleMania is Sunday. going to talk about the WWE. Um, going to talk about the most infuriating Philly sports figures of all time with Johnny Good Times again. It's just a stack show. It's great. Michael Levin, Levin, I'm saying his name right from Liberty Ballers will be on. Um, it's going to be a big show. So and you, any of those topics? I feel like I laid out a lot there. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. The show doesn't work without you in it, or will, but it's not as good. I'm Spike Eskin. Ninety four WIP Sports Time is ten fifteen. Station has got you covered for everything Philadelphia sports. It is long gone. Let's go! The new Sports Radio 94 WIP. Coming up in about 15 minutes, a man that says Doug Collins is starting to crack. He is cracking. He is breaking. I'm Spike Eskin. 888-729-9494. Talking in Sixers for the first hour of the show here. Chris has been patient from the Northeast. You're on 94 WIP. What's going on, Spike? How are you? Pretty good. I was actually, everything you said in your opening was, I mean, the Sixers are the weirdest team ever. I mean, they're either the best worst team ever or the worst good team I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. I can't, I can't figure out what it is. But it's a I, good I, description. I yeah, I can't tell if he is I can't tell if Collins and the team I can't tell if Collins has put them all in really good situations or he has completely mismanaged all of them. Like it's it's one or the other. I, I feel like it's there's no in between. There's no middle, right? No, it's 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 just crazy to watch. But I, I mean I won't talk about that. I mean there was a lot of good I was down at the game tonight besides the crowd. Um, you know, every you know, a lot of great stuff. Jody Meek's show. Um, Drew Holiday, I thought, had a really nice game, especially defensively. You know, Collins loves to talk about deflections, and he might have had like he had his hand on the basketball like ten times during defense. And Craig Bracken scored. So I mean, what, you know, what else? Yes. So it's a win. Any, yeah. I'll tell you what. If we see Craig Brackens, that means everything went okay. Um, <laughs> uh, 
you're right about Drew. Drew Holiday is weird, right? Because yes. he, when you look at the stat line, the 19 points is is good, but he took 19 shots and he he didn't get to the free throw line, and so the stats only look okay. But there's a certain he didn't look lost, and that's what I like when I see Drew Holiday is that when he is that he looks he looks like he's he's confident and he he he's he's playing with purpose you know he's playing he's either trying to score or trying to distribute and he's not just waiting around for things to happen and i saw that from holiday today holiday drew holiday was a plus 20 uh which was the highest on the team so i thought he looked good but i thought more than anything both him and turner when you when you think about 32 total shots between Holiday and Turner, um, and it isn't one of them that got the majority of the shots. That's you know, Holiday shot more than Turner, but it's not like one took 25 shots right. and the other one took seven. So it meant they were both involved, which I thought was good. Um, yeah, yeah and I, and I definitely there's definitely a, more of a, a calming presence when when Holiday's on the floor. I mean, he does some head scratching things, but. No, nah, I, I agree with you there. And then, Spike, real quick, who was, who was the one before you for the, the last 30 minutes on the ride home? Was that Reuben Frank? Yes. He, okay, I don't want to pit, pit you know, for, you know. You can bring, you can br- he, bring he, the he, points he, up, you know. You don't need to. <laughs> he said that he thinks the Sixers are a better team. Tonight shows the Sixers might be a better team without, without Andre Iguodala. Uh, well, I, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm listening. I'm like, man, he must have just watched tonight. I mean, he definitely didn't watch the Spurs game. Uh, well, uh, thank you for the call, Chris. I'll address this now. Um, I think Rube is uh, very smart, and I've told him he's one of my favorite hosts here at 94WIP, and Rube knows basketball. And But I couldn't disagree with that fact more. Now, you may say that the Sixers are better off in the future Moving Andre Iguodala for a low post presence or moving him for a shooter, you know, maybe if they was talking earlier about, you know, Ryan Anderson will be available if somehow they move him. There are ways that Andre Iguodala's absence could provide you a player that make it. Um, that makes it easier for you to win. So that's the first thing. The next thing is, is that it is one less person that needs uh, the basketball to be effective. And I guess Andre doesn't really need it, but he's such a good distributor, they're better when he has it. However, to say that this team right now, as it is, if you're listening, Ruben, please, I would love to, to talk to you about it. To say that this this team right now, as constructed, is a better team without Andre Iguodala, I think is crazy talk. I, I can't, they were playing a horrible team tonight. And if you're playing any team that has a wing that needs to be guarded and Andre Iguodala is not there, you're going to get crushed. Uh, Evan Turner has the potential to be a really good defender, but he's only like a, an, a, an okay defender right now. I don't think it makes them – it gives them more shots. It might give Turner and Holiday more shots, but overall – they're not a better team without Andre Iguodala. I can't. I, I don't see that at all. And I don't think this game is any proof of that. Remember, Iguodala did play the, the two times they crushed the Celtics, and every other big win they've had this year, Andre Iguodala did play. So, does it make the other guys? Does it make Turner and Holiday look a little bit better because they have a little more freedom to do things? Absolutely. But I don't think in any way to uh, win over the Cleveland Cavaliers at home when they've already lost three in a row in any way proves that their team without Andre Iguodala. 
it may provide more room for growth for the other guys if that's what you're looking for. It may do that. Or he trading him may get you another piece. But, again, as they're constructed now, I, I, I can't understand how they're a better team um, without Andre Iguodala. I don't know that Rube – I think Rube's out on Andre. I think Rube used to be in on Andre Iguodala, and now I think he's out on Andre Iguodala. So that's just my thoughts on that. Philip, you're a 94 WIP. Hey, how you doing, Spike? Great. How are you? Hey, you're one of my guys who, I, who, who uh, when I listen to you talk about basketball, I, I can actually listen to you because I don't know you, but I feel as though you know basketball. Basketball people, you you can sense basketball people. You know what I mean? So oh, I, that's, so I, when I, that's a good I that's a good compliment. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate yes. that. And, and coincidentally, you had somebody on a while back from Slam Magazine. And you seem like a Slam Magazine kind of guy, you know what I mean? Someone who, you know, like, whatever. But anyway, I don't even get into all that. But Oh, when um, I had Svi on, Svi Torsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's a good dude, yeah. Um, I like, well, I like all of it. I like anything having to do with, and I, for some reason, I've always been an NBA guy, not a college basketball guy. Like, I really love NBA basketball. But anything having to do with NBA basketball, whether it's Slam Magazine or watching, you know, watching the Jazz versus the Blazers on a Saturday night at, at midnight at home just because it's on, whatever it is, I like basketball. So. Now, now I say all that to be like, you know, uh, even if I disagree with you, I can respect the fact that you are a basketball guy. But as I listen, as one thing I realize lately, man, is this, is that I realize that, that uh, people, I don't know if it's overall or it's just in a city or in this area, they may like basketball, but they really don't know it. Man. You know, they, they, may, they may like it. It may be fun. Woohoo. But they really don't know it, though. Well, you know I think it's I think it's like that with every sport, though. I think every sport has. As I've talked about this before. Everybody has, even if we're all four for four, right, or five for five, we all have. I think everybody has that one sport where they feel like they they just get it a little bit better. You know what I mean? They just get it. And um and and you know, for some people it's basketball, some people it's football. You know, like I don't. I never played football. I, you know, I've watched a ton of football, but I've never played football. Now, I think the thing with basketball is since we've all played basketball, um, or I think most of us have played basketball, basketball is a sport that you can play more similarly, I guess. Like, if you're right, playing... Not everybody played at a high level. That's where the difference come at. When you play at a high level, you can know and find out the nuances of basketball and what works and how people talk about how they want these these players to 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 play together, you know, I wonder if they can play together. When you're playing a pickup game, none of these guys probably never even seen each other ever. You get on the court, you automatically play. You don't got to play for months and years to figure out whether somebody can play together. If you can play, you can play. Basketball is not like that. You know what I mean? And people, and you're one of the guys who want these, you know, Evan Turner and, and Drew Holiday, you want to see them grow together, whatever. But, but you know, um, us on the outside, we have no stake in the game. So we can want different things, and if it doesn't work out, you know, so be it. We can go on doing what we, what we want to do. But people like Doug Collins, Rod Thorne, and everybody on that team, if it doesn't work out, that's their job or whatever goals that they had. It's not going to be become a success. So I think Doug Collins, he didn't lose who he was when he was on the sideline and knew everything from being a commentator's standpoint. He didn't lose who he was. I think he has an idea 
in his mind or how and what he want to play like, and he sees what he has out there. He don't believe in he, he believes in a certain structure, and they're not always doing that. So people want these certain players to be out on the floor all the time, constantly. If you want to win, you know you're not you're not for the young guy. Yeah, the young guy ain't gonna do it for years. Well, that and that's his. When you see a young team grow, it's not always the same coach that they grew with that ends up taking them to success because there's no way that a, co- a coach can survive all that losing, right? Because Doug Collins, like what you're saying is, it's Doug Collins' job to go out there and try to win as many games as possible. So you can't well, tell Doug. Actually, what's that? Win a championship, actually. Yeah, to win a champion. That's his. His goal is to win a championship, and and by winning as many games as he can. So you can't go out there, and that's why it's so hard for somebody like Doug Collins to say, "Hey, like it's not his job to 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 let." You're right. To, it's hard for him to 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 let guys make mistakes and screw up because that's not what he's being paid to do. He's being paid to win. So, um, and that's the, that might be, thank you for the call, Phil. Thank you for, I'll let you compliment me all night. <laughs> we, can, we can do that show for an hour. Um, and that's, you know, that's part of the, that might be part of the problem with Doug Collins is that, is that Doug Collins right now for this team may not be the right guy because, yeah, it's so hard to say because he's so interested in winning right now because he he so believes that I, I feel like he believes they can get there or he believes he wants to be the guy to get them there. It, we've come to a weird point with Doug Collins and the Sixers where he's taken them from step one. And the problem with Doug is has never been from step one to step two, which he's done very well there. He's done with it, it's been from step two to step three. I will explain to you what step three is. And I'll have a gentleman on here who will explain to you why he doesn't think Doug Collins will get them to step three, why he's gotten them from step one to step two, but will not get them from step two to step three. That is next, as well as you, weighing in on the subject, 888-729-9494. My name is Spike Eskin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 1035. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Why are Anthony Gargano and Glenn Macnow the most listened to afternoon sports talk show in Philadelphia? New Eagles linebacker D'Amico Ryan's. How you guys doing? Great now. On Sports Radio 94 WIP. For the first time in Doug Collins' nearly two-year reign as head coach of Philadelphia 76ers, he has begun to, over the last several weeks, uh, begin. He has begun to be criticized. I mean, there were small criticisms before, but this is, you know, serious criticism. He doesn't walk on water all of a sudden. Um, and there's one man that thinks he's starting to crack. And his name is John McMullen, and he works for the Sports Network. He writes a column called The Sixth Man. Starting to crack. That sounds um, that sounds ominous, John. Uh, well, uh, thanks for having me, Spike. It's probably not the best day to come on and say that. <laughs> it's just, uh, well, it's won by 18 points. But, yeah. you know, that, that's what the Sixers have been all year. They They have dominated bad teams, and they did it again tonight, and they deserve credit for that. But they have not been able to beat good teams. They've been not been able to win close games, and that's that's the most serious charge you have to look at. At Doug Collins, the team is two and fourteen in games decided by 
seven points or less. Oh, and eight in games decided by uh, four points or less. So uh, these are pretty bad numbers. And if you go back to last year, we're 13 and 35 in games decided by by seven points or less. The six is under Doug Collins. So there are some things to take a look at. You said he doesn't walk on water. You know, uh, I'm not saying that. He deserves a lot of credit for turning this team around from where it was under Eddie Jordan. But at the same time, you can't just look at this and say it's you know it's all hunky dory. Well, do you think how much of of their struggles in close games are due to uh, a roster that an incomplete, a, a pretty incomplete roster, and how much of it is due to him? Well, I, most of it is due to the roster. Let's be honest. I mean, they don't have a closer. Uh, they haven't had a closer in years. Uh, since Allen Iverson was here, and even Allen Iverson, people forget, was was not great at the end of, of games. He, he he went years without making a game winner. I think people forget about that. My dad used to kill him for that on the radio. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that well. Yeah, he went many years without getting a game winner. And, and you know, the funny thing about that is when the Sixers finally traded him. Andre Iguodala took over that role, and if you remember the first uh, one month or so, he made about two or three game winners. It was it was actually amazing. Obviously, he hasn't been able to keep it up since then, and, I, and he gets a ton of criticism, uh, and, and Doug gets a ton of criticism for giving him the ball at the end of games, but he doesn't have a lot of options. I mean, Lou Williams is, is the best pure scorer on this team, but he's a small player, and I think teams have figured out that you can double team him with length, especially at the end of end of games when when there's a, a finite amount of time he has to work with. So uh, that's the biggest problem with this team. But I, I think even today, Spike, if you look at this game, they won by 18 points. And if you look in the box score, there's one thing that that just jumps out at you is glaring. They had five free throws tonight. A total of five free throws. This team does not drive to the basket. They don't get to the free throw line, and that's exactly why they bog down in close games. Uh, talking to John McMullen from the Sports Network about his column that was, was I think it went yesterday, called uh, Collins is Starting to Crack in Philadelphia. Um, I just wanted to bring up a few lines in the column to you and just try to get your comment on them. You said, right or wrong, today's NBA player can't relate to a guy who goes to the whip time and time again. And you remarked that, you know, Doug treats every game like it's the seventh game of the NBA Finals. Doesn't Tom Thibodeau kind of does that and Pat Riley did that to an extent? No, to an extent they did, but you know Tom Thibodeau has Derrick Rose. I mean, some of this is not Doug's fault, and I, I also point that out too. I mean, he's an incredibly intense guy. If you spend any time around him, it's 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 really impressive. But at the same time, uh, some young players, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna paint them all with the same brush, but some don't understand that. Some can't get that same level up from game to game. And it starts to wear on them if you keep, uh, as I said, going to the whip, if you keep pushing and pushing and pushing, especially like today, you know, you're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, they, they had an excellent game, but guys are not going to get up to play Cleveland as much as they are to, say, play Miami and LeBron James. Uh, I think sometimes Doug doesn't understand that. Sometimes not Maybe not. That's a bad way to term it. It's maybe he doesn't understand why people don't take it as seriously as him. And I think that might be his greatest downfall. Uh, you know, 
being around the NBA for a number of years, I always bring up Larry Brown because I, I when I talk to people in the NBA, I think Larry Brown has the most respect as a pure basketball guy, as a coach, as a as a guy who who knows the game inside and out. But if you if you step back, he's got one ring. Phil Jackson has eleven rings, and and Phil's all about managing personalities. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna look at Phil Jackson to 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 draw up a play with five seconds left. That's not his strength. His strength is managing personalities, and that's got him eleven world championships. And I think sometimes that might be the biggest downfall, of Doug Collins. Um. You know he uh, and and it's it it looks he physically looks like it's affecting him. I think for the you know he he looks so happy for so long even when he was stressed out. But you can just see it in his eyes that it looks like it's um it's it's getting to him. I guess it it feels well, like it. Does, he take, because he takes every loss like it's you know like it's game seven in the NBA finals. He really does. He does not like losing, and that's something you you you. You look at and you should you should applaud him for uh, when he got his 400th career win the other night. He he broke down. It was so emotional for him. That's almost what every game is to Doug Collins, and and that can be great. And he's turned this franchise around, and they're certainly relevant again. But at the same time, if you look at his other three stops in the NBA before this, they've all gone the same way. There's there's been that spike. Uh, I guess pun intended, since I'm on your show. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then they and they take a step back. Yeah, and there's the it, at least a leveling off period, and then there's the step back where guys kind of tune him out because he's so intense at times. And I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying it's reality, and he's going to have to figure out when people stop listening to go at things a different way and, and maybe change things up. And get them to buy in again. Well, then let me ask you. Uh, end it by asking you this: If the three options are Doug doesn't learn, and then Doug, and they they take a step back, um, or that's option one: Doug doesn't learn, they take a step back, Doug gets fired. Option two is they level off. Um, management notices and ends it right there before they have a chance to take that step back, and that's option two. Or option three is Doug figures it out and changes things and is able to move forward. How how would you say that this ends? Well, right now I'd like to say he changed things. I mean, as I sit and look back today, the Sixers have the easiest schedule towards the end of the season. Um, that doesn't mean they played so poorly over the last couple of weeks. I, I can't say they're going to win the Atlantic Division, but if they just beat the teams they're supposed to beat, they should be able to, to weather the storm and at least get that four seed in the East. And that gets them uh, an opponent that they could certainly win a couple games against, whether that's Indiana or Atlanta in the playoffs. But if you lose to either of those teams in the playoffs, I think it's going to be viewed as a disappointment, especially after that 20-9 and start. So it depends what what we're saying is a success. If if you're saying a success is, is winning around in the playoffs, I'm not sure this team can get that done against anybody, against any of those top teams in the East. They're certainly not capable of beating a Chicago or a Miami. But in a seven-game series, when you're talking about Atlanta and, and Joe Johnson, you're talking about Indiana and Danny Granger, I mean, take Joe Johnson. Just this week, the guy hit three three-corners to either tie a game or win a game in one week. 
I'll take my chances against Atlanta, bro. I'll, I'll take my. The last time what I've seen Andre Iguodala do to Joe Johnson, they can have Joe Johnson. I'll take That's it. That's true, and uh, Andre's one of the best perimeter defenders in, in the game. There's no question about that. But my only point is, if the game is 85-85 with 10 seconds left, who would you rather have, Joe Johnson yeah. or, or take your pick on the Sixers? Well, and that's where they'll have trouble in the in the playoffs in general is those close games. Well, the uh, the name of the article is Collins is starting to crack in Philadelphia. Uh, John McMullen from the Sports Network. Either, either Google it or check my Twitter, Spike Eskin. The, you, can, you can find John there or find the article there. I thank you for coming on, man. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, Spike. Thanks, John. John. John was. It was hard for John to be rough. I think as as, as rough as that article was, I suggest you read the article because it's pretty rough um, after a win like that. But hey, the article came out yesterday. Well, you know what am I going to do? Um, a guy that is uh, a little more analytical um, and thought of a way earlier this week um, to get the Sixers. The big man they so desire. He has a way to get the Sixers that big man, and he will tell you what that is next on 94 WIP. Um, 888-729-9494 is the number. If you'd like to be a part of it, my name is Spike Eskin. 94 WIP Sports Time is 1054.